Whatever terminology you use in your organization, it still comes down to the importance of building relationships that enhance the donor's ability and interest in supporting your organization with philanthropic donations. Hello, this is Somaya Dehban, a network Dutchified Iranian who is on a mission to bring about financial stability for every community-based organization and initiative. I am the creator and host of Your Funding Network, a podcast for anyone who is devoted to their community and want to bring about lasting change at the local and global level. Join me every third Tuesday of the month to hear about the role of community-based organizations in achieving sustainable development goals and how to diversify funding resources of your local initiative and increase your self-financing for a sustainable and durable change. Now, let's get together for this episode of Your Funding Network. Welcome to the third episode of Your Funding Network. Thank you for showing up and tuning in. This episode is also episode number 11 of the podcast series that I have started since October, and I have been publishing new episodes every week. As you may know, I have three other podcasts beside Your Funding Network accompanied by their own dedicated newsletters. When I started these podcast series, I wanted to show the interconnectedness of different subjects and how addressing one issue requires addressing several other issues. So to keep you updated with the other podcasts and show the interconnectedness between each of these topics, on quarterly basis, I share with you a summary of what has been discussed and how they are related to each other. In this episode, I delve into the first question of fundraising that we reviewed together last time. And the first question is, what is fundraising? In the last episode, we went through the six major questions or issues that needs to be addressed for any form of fundraising effort. In this episode, we delve into the first question, and that is, what is fundraising? There are many words used to describe the process of obtaining charitable contributions. Philanthropy, development, advancement, fundraising, fund development, and many more. In this episode, we look at the whole concept. Let's start by defining a few basic terms you hear mentioned in the nonprofit world and some of the titles given to the staff and volunteers who do fundraising. Philanthropy is literally defined as the love of humankind. One popular definition of philanthropy is voluntary action for the good of society. Development is defined in the Association of Fundraising Professionals Fundraising Dictionary as the total process by which an organization increases 
public understanding of its mission and acquire financial support for its program. Fundraising, on the other hand, is defined as the raising of assets and resources from various sources for the support of an organization or a specific project. Now, let's talk about each of these terms a little bit more in depth. Philanthropy has been around since the beginning of recorded history and is mentioned in early Greek and Roman cultures, as well as the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Every major religion provides a mandate to its followers for taking care of the poor and being generous with one's possessions. We most often associate the word philanthropy with major donors, those who have impacted society with substantial gifts to endow universities and libraries and who often have buildings named after them. Some of those who come to mind as philanthropists include Andrew Carnegie, the Rockefellers, Leland Stanford, and more recently people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. However, most of us at some point in our lives have engaged in philanthropy, and many of us are involved in the philanthropic world on a daily basis. Most of us support our churches, synagogues, temples or mosques, and other religious institutes. Millions of people respond to massive relief efforts like hurricanes and earthquakes with gifts of goods and services, money or volunteer service. Most of us have responded to phone calls from our colleges or universities, dropped money in Salvation Army kettles during the holidays or given blood to the Red Cross. So in a way, all of us could be thought of as philanthropists. And many of us have been involved in the actual philanthropic process outside of just giving. Perhaps you have stood outside your local community centers and have handed a leaflet to a pedestrian. Or have served on a stewardship committee of your local hockey club. Or been involved with your children's school programs for holidays. My main objection with the accepted definition of philanthropy as voluntary action is that it leaves out the thousands upon thousands of us who are engaged in philanthropy as a profession, which brings us to the term development. According to Linda, this term is the best one she has found to explain the process of fundraising, since it is the process of developing relationships with constituents that will enable you to use fundraising methods and techniques to advance the process of philanthropy. Fundraising is used most accurately to describe these methods and techniques used to raise money. It is often said that fundraising is an art and a science. Fundraising in reality more correctly applies to the science, the specific techniques that will be discussed in these podcast series. However, the underlying principle of these podcast series is that fundraising is also an art, a process of building long-term relationships, development with donors that leads to an increase in the spirit of philanthropy. You might think of fundraising as perspiration. 
philanthropy as inspiration behind our work and development as the process of using that perspiration to cultivate the inspiration while at the same time using the inspiration of philanthropy as a guiding light in the development process that helps us choose appropriate and ethical fundraising method, the perspiration part. In most organizations, the term development is used most to refer to the department and the people who raise money. We most often speak about the development plan, the chief development officer, the development committee, and the development department. This is usually the case in American context. Some organizations may use the term fundraising in a similar way to describe their staff and the process. So they may refer to a fundraising plan or a fundraising committee. In the Netherlands, at least, the division of fundraising departments are based on the target groups, for instance, the Department of Corporate Fundraising or Individual Fundraising or Institutional Fundraising. It is a categorization that has been quite well established. However, based on my experience, this type of division creates silos. And again, based on my experience, different departments working on fundraising do not communicate or align with each other. I have seen that the messaging created for the corporate fundraising is fundamentally different from the messaging created for individuals, which creates a paradox for potential donors. I personally prefer the word development because it implies the entire process of building relationships more than the word fundraising does. Organizations that use the word fundraising to describe these activities often tend to focus on events and activities rather than on building the long-term relationship needed. Another term often used, especially in higher education, is advancement, since this process is all about raising funds to advance the mission of the organization. Some people use other terms, but these are the most common ones, so to say. Whatever terminology you use in your organization, it still comes down to the importance of building relationships that enhance the donor's ability and interest in supporting your organization with philanthropic donations. Okay, now that we discussed what fundraising means and which terminology best describes the process, let's review the summary of the topics I discussed in my other podcasts in this quarter. Every first Tuesday of the month, you can listen to Scale Your Impact, where I talk about my PhD research at Rotterdam School of Management. The topic of my research is enhancing the impact of cross-sector partnerships to accelerate the collective progress towards achieving sustainable development goals by 2030. In my PhD research, I focus on three catalysts for accelerating the progress towards the agenda. The first catalyst is the positioning and motives of civil society organizations at the local and international level as not merely implementers of international development, but also as agents of change 
that play an active role in the balanced society. This catalyst is also based on the approach of rights and responsibilities, which I discussed in the first episode of Your Native Analyst, my second podcast series. Our development aid approaches are at best rights-based, and I believe without the inclusion of responsibility in our approaches, we would never achieve the true sustainability. The same can be said in our political negotiations and representations. I started your Funding Network podcast series because I believe that if we want to exit development aid, we need to put community at the center of our programs, and the required funding for their activities come also from the same community to ensure its sustainability and durability. Every second Tuesday of the month, you can listen to your native analyst, where I share my analysis on selected political affairs around the world, specifically Iran, Middle East, European Union and the Netherlands. I explore and contextualize issues that are usually not picked up by the mainstream media. On the first episode of this podcast series, I discussed how addressing the complex situation in the Middle East and Iran also requires a complex approach, like in addressing sustainable development goals. I noticed the gap in the information that is provided by the mainstream media to the non-natives who follow the news about Iran and by extension the Middle East. Of course, with all the technology available, we can have the news translated from any language to our native language by artificial intelligence. However, what is missed out in these translations, or better to say what is lost in translation, is the underlying nuance, and in many cases, if not all, that underlying nuance is where the actual news lies. I also mentioned that as a liberal, I believe in personal rights and responsibilities. In 1999, a group of opinion leaders under sponsorship of UNESCO introduced a draft for Declaration of Human Duties and Responsibilities, which was not endorsed. This declaration is what I advocate for because it is based on active and proactive motives of individuals, companies and governments. In the second episode of Your Native Analyst, I talked about the complexity of the Iranian political system. I used a sort of a metaphor to describe this complex and wicked problem. I compared the political system of Iran to a mule, which is an inbreed of horse and a donkey. I discuss how this inbreed system has taken elements from various political systems, yet does not really fit into any of the political systems known previously. I added that like a mule, the political system of Iran is stronger, more stubborn and more resistant than its parents. Yet also, like a mule, it cannot reproduce itself and will not give rise to a new generation. And like a mule, it can be quite unpredictable when put under pressure. And on every fourth Tuesday of the month, you can listen to Your Curated Keen, where I delve into the personal side of my story about being in exile, being a mother, and being an equal partner. I also share about my creative work from poetry and stories of my upbringing to Persian fusion food and handcraft. 
In the first episode of this podcast series, I shared why and how I ended up living in exile and how the community with whom I had no blood relation became my safety network and my family. And again, how my liberal values has impacted me in taking the responsibility to build my network and how a change should come from within. In the second episode, I talked about how we can close the gender gap by valuing parenthood as a social function. And this is exactly how the UN Convention on Women's Rights, SIDA, has described motherhood. In this episode, I also shared an anecdote of how my younger son perceives relations. For him, the blood relations, the ethnic or religious backgrounds are not the integral element. The connections and the relations we make with each other are at the core of our verbinding, which is the Dutch term for interconnectedness. And the link between this podcast series and the others are again at the point of interconnectedness. At an individual level, as I mentioned in Your Curated Kin, at community level, as mentioned in Your Funding Network, at national and international level, as I mentioned in Your Native Analyst and Scale Your Impact. This was the last episode of Your Funding Network in 2021. I want to take the opportunity again to thank you for tuning in every third Tuesday of the month and listening to my podcast. And if you are celebrating the Christmas holidays, I want to wish you a wonderful time with your loved ones. And if 1st of January is the beginning of your new year, I want to say Happy New Year. May this year be a year of scaling and thriving for you, your loved ones and your organization. I feel quite blessed and privileged to have the opportunity to celebrate New Year twice a year. Once on 1st of January, and I have been celebrating this occasion for the last 16 years since I moved to the Netherlands. And once on the first day of spring, which is about March 21st. And it's the time that day and night are of equal length. This celebration is based on my Persian heritage. In the March 2022 episode of Your Curated Kin, I will talk about this celebration more in detail. And if you want to hear more about another Persian tradition, listen to the December episode of Your Curated Kin to know how Iranians prepare for winter. Each of these episodes are a way of talking about how we can scale our way of life to be prepared for what life may bring us. What was the takeaway of this episode for you? Did you hear about something that intrigued and encouraged you to apply it at your own community-based organization? I hope you are motivated to bring about a sustainable and durable change for your community. Want to hear more? Sign up for my thematic newsletters to get notified about each episode and more. You can do this by going to my website, 
somayedehban.com/newsletters. Until the next get together, Petrude.